My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. This morning we do have Kuti Malala, who's a social activist, cleanup squad founder and former radio presenter. Kuti, a very good morning to you. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for joining us. Kuti, we always start this feature by asking our get up and go guests, what is your daily get up and go routine that gets you up and going? Yeah, first of all, I'd just like to uh, thank you guys for actually uh, getting me on this feature. It's actually a privilege. Um, my ritual every day when I get up, um, it's actually I get up and I keep praying. And I'm also praying uh, the second thing that I do. Kutsi, your line is not very clear. I'm struggling to hear you. You're sounding very muffled. Can you try and move around for us? Can you hear me now? Uh, try again. Okay, let me try. All right. Am I audible now? Yep. Is it better? Loud and clear. That's much better. Go for it. Yeah. As I was saying, uh, the first thing that I do when I get up in the morning uh, is that I pray. Um, and then afterwards, I prime myself for 10 minutes. Uh, that's when I actually do a bit of an affirmation exercise. I, I actually tell myself that if there's a situation or something difficult in my life, um, I'll affirm it, that, uh, that I can actually overcome it. Mm. And then afterwards, I actually um, actually go for an exercise. Either I'm running or either I'm actually doing a bit of cardio or something like that. So the whole thing actually takes me about a good hour. Uh, because I have to do that because it actually helps me to actually release the so good vibes inside of my body and then I'll end up feeling like if anything is difficult in my life, then I can be able to overcome it. Sometimes it's difficult to actually wake up around these times, around 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and actually try to exercise and work out because the bird is telling you, no, we want to go back to sleep. Yes, no, you definitely. <laughs> you set the snooze button a number of times until you yeah. give up. But but once 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 you complete it and once you're done with it, you feel good, and then you feel like you can take anything on, and then you know that you know like you're prepared for any obstacle that comes your way. You know that is very powerful. You spoke about priming yourself and doing positive affirmations every single yeah. morning. Since you started uh, doing them, how have they helped you? How have you found them to be uh, effective in your life? Um. I've, I've done so many positive things in my life since I've done a bit of affirmations because I used to have so much of a low self-esteem before I started planning myself. Um, and and any, anything, you know, that would actually come my way, I felt like it wouldn't actually, um, you know, it wouldn't happen for me, you know? Like, um, like even with uh, the long walk from Joe to Sashanguza, I, I didn't believe that I could actually, you know, uh, do something so spectacular like that, you know, and, and, and worst of it all, before I actually discovered this thing of affirmation, I was, I was also a bit depressed as well, um, until someone told me that, you know what, um, if, if you look into your problems and then you tell yourself that you can actually overcome, um, that, that, that for you uh, would be a solution. Because sometimes people actually believe that their answers actually lie with someone. Like if they think that, you know, they want money or they want a job or they want a car. And they believe that someone has to come into their life mm-hmm. uh, to give them those things. But it's not true. Um, you are, you know, the oracle of your life. You are uh, the creator of, of, of everything good that comes into your life. So you actually have to actually see it first before it actually happens in your life. 
see it before it happens. Let's uh, get into some of those um, amazing things that you've done. You have had a walk, all right, uh, from Johannesburg yeah. to to Soshanguve, and you said that it's in a bid to expose the display, the disturbing plague of Nyaube uh, drug abuse. And at the time, you were a TUT uh, radio presenter. You walked on the 11th to the 12th of August last year from Johannesburg to Soshanguve and government supported the work by sending officials to be part of it and uh, yeah. tell us how that went um, can you actually we've been doing this for two years we did it last year mm-hmm. um, we also did it again this year as well okay um, last year we started it small by working from Jovek to Soshanguve um, this year we extended the kilometers a bit because last year we did around 106 kilometers this and that was too one. short yeah, 106 kilometers. <laughs> Who walks 160 kilometers an hour and thinks it's too short? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this year we did, I think, 140, 140 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we walked from Jovek to Mamilodi, then from Mamilodi to Sashangi. It took us two days. Uh, they said to do it around. Um, the intention of the walk was pure simply. Um, we wanted to actually um, assist Eddie uh, with actually going to rehab uh, because. Uh, this thing of Nyaupes is just actually escalating out of control. You have edits now not only injecting them, not only smoking the drug, but they're now exchanging blood by injecting themselves with the same syringe um, and also in an effort to actually share the high. So um, not only are you seeing an increase in people smoking drugs, but there's also uh, the spread of HIV AIDS that's actually going around. And the worst part, um, you know, when you're actually using an injection and you don't know how to actually administer it properly, uh, you'd find that you'd actually injure yourself. So you're seeing a lot of young people getting their limbs amputated. Um, so the situation is just really, really horrible. Um, then we just decided, you know what, um, enough is enough for this thing. Uh, we can't really wait for government to actually assist us mm. um, uh, with this thing. So we have to do something as young people. And what really touched me the most or actually motivated me to actually join us is because um, I'd say about 85% of the people who are actually smoking those drugs um, were from um, the same high school that I went to. Uh, and they were guys that I actually grew up with. I knew their parents, I yeah. knew their siblings and all that kind of stuff. So I was actually really moved to actually see them, uh, that they're actually wasting their lives on those drugs. And I thought to myself, that look, um, you know, and these people are very talented. Some of them, I used to think in high school, that these were people that would actually do better than me. And it was actually sad to actually see them wasting their lives on this drug. Um, so after embarking on, on the first walk last year, um, you know, like the great Nelson Mandela once said, um, after climbing one mountain, and when you get to the top after you're so tired, you realize there are so many other mountains to climb. Yeah. Um, I discovered that, you know, it's not a social and problem, it's a national problem. Uh, hence, they actually call this as well in Mamelodi to say, um, you know, this year, can we actually have you guys actually coming through? Uh, but now it seems like every year, uh, after competing each and every walk, you find a different township, like your Atrishville, your Hamaskral, they're also campaigning as well. They say, no, uh, we should actually do this thing as a city thing. But I think it's going uh, beyond leaps and bounds. It's a bound to actually become um, a national activation that we're doing. Because even now, um, in the beginning, I initially thought that the problem is actually taking these guys to rehab. This is what initially what we want. But it's not that. I think now uh, the problem is to actually take them to rehab 
and then after taking them to rehab, then get something for them to do uh, in terms of skills training, in terms of employment and stuff. Because, you know, kind of, the funny thing is that most of these people get into those jobs because they said they are, because they say they're bored. Yeah. yeah, so once we deal with this bottom or find any activity for them to do, then it actually removes them from the speed. Very, very true. And it's quite inspirational that you know you've got such a heart of seeing your own fellow peers, you know, coming out of the scourge of, of drug uh, addiction. And in fact, you've also spent one of your birthdays, I believe, uh, celebrating your birthday this year with uh, Nyaube addicts. And uh, you, you say that more than 20 addicts, um, you know, they queued up for a slice of cake and you had a, a, a birthday party with them. And I think over and above just, you know, the whole birthday in itself, it was maybe also a way of, of giving them hope of having something that is positive, you know, that they can partake in just to remember that there is a life to still be lived. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, why actually, we got three cakes. I'm also doing it again next year on my birthday. The reason why we got those cakes um, was to actually also, you know, just uh, psychologically motivate them as well, because you know, for me to go to them and then tell them, like, you know, guys, it's my birthday, I'm turning 30, can we just eat the cake together? Um, in a way, I was also reminding them, you know, guys are getting old, you know, uh, because most of them are in denial or most of them, you know, uh, time time for them has stopped and mm. then they've forgotten uh, that we're actually getting old because most of them, they're in their 30s, uh, you know, and life has stopped and, and most of most of our peers, some of them are actually in a phase whereby we're buying cars, we're buying houses, and, and, and everything for them has stopped, and they, they're still sitting on the street. Some of them are homeless. You know? So I was just reminding them that, you know what, guys, um, this is possible. You can't do it. You know? um, I mean, I'm one of the guys who has um, an incredible story to tell personally whereby I've overcame a lot of adversities, whereby I was, I was depressed, I had nothing to my name. So... Um, it was just a reminder to them that, you know, what, if I can do it, they can also do it as well. That's very, very true. And on that uh, very note, tell me, uh, you know, what inspires you to keep going on a daily basis? Uh, what inspires me to keep going on a daily basis? Um, you know, it's the belief that people actually have in me. Um, you know, a couple of times I've actually wanted to throw that, to actually give up in, in things that I actually do, including these walks, you know. Um, but, you know, the power that people actually can bestow upon you by actually, you know, not even giving you space to actually give up, you know. Um, I would actually get calls from mothers telling me that, you know, I'd, um, please help help our son, you know. And I'd, I'd actually go like, you know, like, mom, I'm tired, or, you know, like, there's no fun for the stage, you know. And, and they're like, God, I've sent you to do this. Mm. We believe in you. Like, you know, and, and, and that for me actually fueled me uh, in more cases than one. Because, um, you know, at this one time I was actually called at Wadela in Carltonville to actually come to speak to Eddie. And I told um, the, the lady there uh, that, you know, um, I, why don't you take these guys to rehab? Because Wadella is close to Renfontaine, and Renfontaine is, is closer to Carltonville. Mm. Uh, so it's like we believe that if you come and speak to them, um, listen to you. Will, it will be a bigger contribution. I'm like, Mama, you know, um, it's that time of the month, so, but I don't even have fuel money. And from Pretoria to Wadella, uh, it's, it's something else. And you know what that lady did? She went from house to house 
looking for fuel money. And oh, my then, God. You know, um, when I got there, she gave me, I think it was 1008, and she was like, uh, this is a list of house to house. Everybody made a contribution for you to come and speak to these young people. Um, so can you do it? And I'm like, yo, that really touched me and inspired me at time. So uh, my inspiration actually comes from um, a lot of people. And it's not only from my community now, because I get calls from people from Kimberley. I get calls from everyone else who's just telling me that, you know, like, um, we, we believe your story. Uh, gets to touch a lot of people. So keep going and keep doing what you're doing. Mm, that is a very powerful testimony. I mean, that the community would actually club together so that you could come and, and you know, talk to some of their young people. Um, could we, let's talk about, you know, just some of the success stories that you've seen, you know, young people who've actually turned their lives around because of something that you spoke into their lives or some sort of an intervention that you put together. Yeah, um, there's one guy in particular, um, his name is Kabila. Um, Kabila is story, he stays around in social even in the same area as me. Um, you know, um, he, he was amongst the 40, uh, we took 40 edits, uh, to rehab this year. Uh, so, uh, he, he was, he was actually reluctant to actually go to rehab, but his friend PJ, um, you know, influenced him to actually go to rehab. Um, you know, cause once we completed the walk, uh, this year, this time around, upon the reception, uh, when we got to Mabopani, uh, we got about 40 addicts who had packed their bags, um, and they were with their parents, they were crying, they were telling us, you know what, um, enough is enough with this young but we want to go to rehab. You know, so that was just something amazing, something that for me, uh, was a miracle because it was the first time in my life I saw addicts who were actually volunteering and saying, you know what, just take us now, you know. Uh, so we ended up actually taking them on the same day on the spot uh, to rehab. Although it was a big fight and it ended up on the newspapers whereby um, we were at the rehab and then we were just forcing ourselves inside. Uh, but to coming back to the story of Kabila, inside of rehab, while he was still in rehab, um, he said that for the first four days when the drug actually was struggling to actually come out of the system. Uh, he said he wanted to run away. Mm. Uh, but his friend, PJ, told him, no, man, let's stick it out. Let's be strong. Let's take the medication. And he said that he felt like he was dying and that God was getting out of his skin, not even out of his system. He felt it coming out of his skin. Uh, but he said on the fifth day, uh, when the detox had actually worked, um, he woke up and then he actually noticed that he was dirty. And then he told everyone around him, he was like, why are we so dirty? Like, <laughs> why have we been living like this? So <laughs> really, in a nutshell, he, he went there and he, he came out a different person. He went there, he came out a different person. Right. Um, I, the first thing he did when he came out of rehab, he said he went to a saloon and actually had a haircut and a shave. And then he was, he couldn't believe uh, the things that he couldn't actually see. Like, he was like, this drug had me so blind. Mm. I couldn't even see my own hygiene. I couldn't even see what I was actually doing to myself, you know? Mm. Uh, so that's that's what's actually happening, you know? And, and I mean, with a lot of them, some of them, we not only helped them with that drug, but we were able to actually, you know, rehabilitate the relationships with their families, whereby some of them have been reintegrated back into their homes because their family members weren't, I want to take them back because they're still smoking this product. There's a lot of them who are back with their families and their parents. Are doing um, 
Yeah. yeah Kuti, we are so out of time. would love to continue chatting to you. I think you must make the trek into studio one of these days so we can actually <laughs> um, have you in studio. Thank you so much for sharing your inspirational story and we wish you nothing but the best as you continue in your calling. I believe it is your calling that God has placed upon your life to make a difference in the lives of these young people. All the best. It is nine minutes before five o'clock. We're going to take a short break and then we'll get into the this new day.